0: We are studying Matthew. We're going through it verse by verse. Uh, we started this at the beginning of the year. Said so It's a series of messages called The Message of Jesus. We are teaching people what Jesus taught us. We need to be aware of what Jesus taught so that we can do what he said. Now, I said we'd most likely be doing this all year. At the rate I'm going, it may be many, many years before, <laughs> before we get done. Because I can't shut up, you know, but uh, uh, we're going through it one verse at a time focusing on what Jesus said We're only in verse or only in chapter 5 and considering we skipped the first three. We're really going slow So but we are almost at the end of chapter 5 and here we are verse 43 now Jesus said you have heard that it was said now. This is the sermon on the mount. He's still talking He's not even halfway through yet You have heard that it was said he refers to the Old Testament love your neighbor hate your enemy Love your neighbor. Actually, more specifically, it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and your neighbor as yourself. So love your neighbor, hate your enemy. This was actually approved of in the Old Testament. And uh, and Jesus is coming along and he keeps quoting the Old Testament, kind of straightening things out. You say, why was that? I mean, it's just different now. Jesus shows up and now he is God in the flesh. Um, He had spoken through prophets and everything else like that. But uh, apparently, they didn't get everything 100% right. And anybody who's ever in charge of anything, if you have uh, a department that you're in charge of, or you have a business and you have employees or anything like that, and you tell somebody to tell all your employees to do something, and then by the time you show up, they're not doing really what you told them to do in the first place. Anybody ever been there? You know, it's kind of frustrating. It's kind of like that with God. He tells Moses this and everybody else, and then finally he comes up and says, All right, I got to do this myself. And he straightens it out. This is, what you're, this is what he told you, but I'm telling you, this is how it's really supposed to be done. So, um, they like hating their enemies. Actually, if you read the Psalms, you know, wonderful Psalms of David and praising God and songs and encouragement and all that kind of stuff. But if you read them, every once in a while you run right into parts where it says, And God crushed the teeth of my enemies and ripped their eyes out and stuff like that. It's like, whoa, dude, check out, you know, that's pretty nasty. But they were actually encouraged, hate their enemies. Arr, but love your neighbor the truth of the matter is though they didn't even like loving their neighbors Jesus came once to one guy and, and told them you know hey you're supposed to love God and then your neighbor is yourself and they went well who's really my neighbor technically who are we talking about you can't mean the guy living next to me his dog is always pooping in my yard I can't stand this guy you yeah. know And Jesus gave the parable of the good Samaritan. You remember this parable? Most people are aware of this parable. It's where the Samaritan's coming along and he sees somebody in trouble and he helps him. Doesn't know him, but helps him. The point was, Jesus said, anybody that you see in need is your neighbor. So they didn't even like the first part. They like hating people, but they didn't like even loving their neighbor part. But Jesus ratchets it up. He says in verse 44, but I tell you. You've heard it. Love your neighbor, hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies. Wow. And pray for those who persecute you. Now, love your enemies. Now, first of all, as Christians, if you have enemies, it should always be a one-sided situation. They hate you. We should never hate anybody. You should never... If you ever hear the words coming out of your mouth, I hate that guy. You're in a bad place. You're not supposed to hate anybody. All right? And I know in school, a lot of you guys in... You know, high school and stuff like that, and junior high and stuff, that's the thing, cause everybody's got their little clicks, and then one click hates the other. I hate that girl, I hate him. Don't catch yourself doing that kind of stuff. A Christian has no business hating anybody. doesn't matter how big of a jerk they are to you. If somebody hates you, if they're your enemy, that's their decision. It should never be ours. Are you hearing me? We are to love everybody. Don't be hating anybody. I don't care if it is your ex. No, don't. You got no business hating anybody. Okay? And pray for those who persecute you. There are people who are just mean. They're just mean. Have you ever met really mean people? They're just mean, nasty. Some of you work with people like that. They're just mean people. Lathan works with people like that. You know, they're just mean, nasty people. And And they're just, you know, what how do we respond to those people? The Bible says you should pray for them. Be kind to them. Pray for them. Oh, but I can't stand them. That's the point. You're not supposed to feel that way. You need to love those who hate you. Pray for those who go after you and make your life miserable. Why would you do that? He says, because that way you may be the children of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and unrighteous. God blesses everybody is what he's saying. God is nice to everybody. If God is nice to everybody, we need to be nice to everybody. And then he says, well, if you love those who love you, well, what would you stinkin' do? What reward will you get? Now, it's the first time he uses the word reward, and we're going to see it and hear it over and over and over again. Jesus talked a lot about rewards. Now, God wants to reward you. Now, this isn't just pie in the sky after you die, either. God will bless you and reward you now. Some people, their lives are overwhelmingly blessed because they do the right things. Other people's lives are just "Ah," all the time, and they think it's not fair. How come God blesses that guy doesn't bless me? Well, I don't know. Maybe they do the right things and you don't. Maybe they love people who don't love them, and you're a jerk. I mean, I don't know. But the reality is God wants to bless you and reward you. You want to be in the reward category? How many want a reward from God? That would be me, all right? So, you want a reward? Then be nice to people who are not nice to you. If you love people who love you, who cares? He says, that's no big deal. Everybody does that. Everybody loves, in fact, most of the world, most of life, people surround themselves and they break up in little tiny groups of people who like them. Which is normal. I'm not saying that's not bad, but you got to go beyond that. We all, you know, everybody's got their little groups. It might be church groups. It might be social groups. It might be a bowling group. You know, even the bars. Everybody in the bar like to go to certain bars because everybody in that bar, they all like each other. You know, that's church for them. You know, hallelujah. You know, Hey, Bob, hey, good to see you. Well, I can barely see you, but yeah, good to see you, you know. I mean, they all hang out in certain In fact, if somebody from new from the, comes into the bar, they all go like, you ever do that? You ever walk in a place like that? Everybody goes like, what are you doing here? You know, it's like, I I didn't know it was against the law, okay? Because you're not part of the club. Everybody likes to be around. And there's churches that are like this. You've heard me speak about this many times. There are churches that everybody pretty much looks the same. And they all come from the same clubs and the same social networks. And they're either a high-income church or a middle-income church or a low-income, wrong-side-of-the-street church. Either an all-Latino church, an all-black church, an all-white church. An all, you know, uh, and churches should not be about that. I, one of the things that I sell, push all the time, and I always have since I've gotten here, is we need to love everybody. Celebration church isn't for a certain group of people. There are people who here who have lots of money. There's people here who have almost nothing. There are people here who are, you know, white, black. Some of you are really fortunate because you're Puerto Rican. You know, let's so blessed. your of, We're in between, you know, we get a little bit of everything right there, you know. You know, we got people here who are Republicans. We got people who are Democrats. We got people, I don't know if there's any communists or anything, but everybody's welcome here. Everybody doesn't have to look. There's no credit to that. If we're all just little churches on hills, everybody all thinks the same. Who cares? The real glory to God is when you get a bunch of people who don't think the same at all. And we love each other. That's glory to God. (laughs) You might be for Walker. You might be against Walker. All right. Well, everybody has their opinions, but in here, this is a Walker free zone. <laughs> in our neighborhood, this is hilarious. One guy got a sign: "I'm back at Walker." Another guy's got a sign: "Sign, recall Walker." And another guy has a sign that says: "Recall Santa," because <laughs> I didn't get what I wanted for Christmas. It's hilarious. All right, everybody's got their opinions, fine. Everybody's entitled to their opinions. I'm not saying you can't have your opinions. But in here, that's not the filter. Everybody here doesn't have to be liberal. Everybody here doesn't have to be conservative. Again, you get churches like that. Tend to be overwhelmingly just conservative. People, overwhelmingly just liberal. People. That doesn't bring glory to God. We don't have to be the same. We don't have to look the same. Some of you are very straight. Some of you got tattoos from head to toe like Ross. He can't see us, but he's got he's done his whole chest like I, was like I am such a girl I'd be screaming like ah, 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 ah. <laughs> God, man, I don't know how you people do that. It hurts just looking at it. I cry getting my teeth cleaned. Ah you know, it's sticking needles in me. Good grief. But we don't care about any of that. The glory of God is when you love people that don't love you. When you go out of your way. Jesus said, even tax collectors, like other tax collectors, and if you greet only your your own people, yo, home, what's happening? Well, what are you doing more than others? Don't even pagans do that? So we need to go above and beyond. that." Then he makes a very simple comforting statement. (laughs) Be perfect. (laughs) (laughs) I'm toast. I can barely be lousy. (laughs) Be perfect? What do you mean be perfect? Even as your heavenly Father is perfect. Does he really mean that? Yes, he does. And remember, what I've already said, we are not against people who fall short of God's standard. You know, and I know I'm pretty direct and in people's faces, don't do this, don't do this, but we don't hate anybody. We're not against people who fall short of God's standard. I get ticked off of people who say there is no standard. That's what ticks me off. We live in this hyper-grace world today where just, I just believe in Jesus and God's grace. It doesn't really matter. It's okay if you do this. No, it's not okay. They're still right and wrong. We still have to obey the words of Jesus and the teachings of Jesus. What happens if you mess up? You ask God to forgive you and you get forgiven and you move on. We have to forgive everybody, okay? Nobody's perfect. Not even close. So we mess up. I get that. But the standard is still the standard. And God isn't kidding around. All right, then he goes on. We begin chapter 6. We finally got through chapter 5. And, and, and Anthony, they weren't originally... The, the, when, it's, when the Bible says chapters and stuff, that was... They broke those up later. It was hundreds of years later. They broke them into chapters and gave them verses, numbers, so you could find where we're all trying to find. But it wasn't written that way. They just wrote through. So he's still in the Sermon on the Mount. So chapter 6, verse 1, he says, Now be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. And then he goes into this whole thing of don't do this to be seen by people. Let's take a look. If you do, you will have no reward. Again, the word reward from your father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, don't announce it with trumpets. (laughs) Look at me, I'm really great. That's what the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward in full. What reward? They got noticed. That's all they get. That's what you want. That's all you get. But when you give to the needy. Do not let your left hand and what your right hand is doing it. Do it down, man. Just You don't have to make a big deal about it so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Other translations add the word openly. So what you do secretly before God will do openly when he blesses you. And then he says the same thing about prayer. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites for they love to stand, standing pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, Go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father who is unseen. Again, then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you openly. Now, so that's a very familiar portion of Christian tenet. Most people understand this. There's not a whole lot to emphasize about this. There are some basic things almost everybody understands about Christianity. You know, turn the other cheek. You know, give, be kind. You know, don't do stuff to be seen by other people. So most people get that. But I want to back up. To the, to the first verse because this is the part people today miss. Jesus said, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of other people. So the emphasis is about all about other people. But don't skip over what he said. You're supposed to practice your righteousness. Just don't do it in front of people. Don't do it in front of other people. But you're supposed to practice your righteousness. If you're supposed to be living out your faith, there are things you're supposed to do. Specifically, he mentions giving To the poor. Helping the needy. But there's many, many other. Then he talks about prayer. There's all kinds of things. And he doesn't say, if you help the needy. He says, when you help the needy. He didn't say, if you pray. He says, when you pray. And a little bit he says, when you fast. He doesn't say, if you fast. That's a lot of us. I've never done that. I know a lot of you. They've never done that. We've all gotten so far away from the teachings of Jesus, we don't even think, we think everything's optional. It's not optional. We're supposed to practice our faith. When was the last time you practiced your faith? He said, well, I come to church. Coming to church is not practicing your faith. I know a lot of people think that it is. It's great that you come and and you get to hear and, and sing great music and listen to a really handsome man talk about God. But that's not practicing your faith. That's just, that's just getting together. Practicing your faith is when you actually do something. When was the last time you did something? When was the last time you volunteered in this church to help anybody or do anything? When was the last time you gave to the needy? Went above and beyond what you normally give to the church to give to others to help them out. Now, I dare say that's a pretty small percentage, and it's ought not to be. Now, I, you know, all I can do is preach it. What you do with it, you do with it. Everybody's going to stand before God on their own. It's not my job to, uh, to beat you up about it. I'll yell at you once in a while, but beyond that, there's nothing else I can do. But at least I'm going to tell you the truth. You know, Jesus tells us, and we're going to see this as we get into the Gospels here. He tells us that someday we will stand before God, and he tells us what he's going to ask us. He said, and in one place he says, on that day, many people will stand before me and I'll look at them and say, you did not help me when I needed help. And you didn't visit me when I was sick. And you didn't come check up on me when I was in prison. And he says, and they're going to stare at me and go, when did we do that? And he says, and I'm going to tell them, when you didn't do it for the people around you, you didn't do it to me. And they are going to be shocked. Some of us, sadly, will fall right into that category. At least you won't be able to look at me and say, Why didn't you tell me, Pastor? Because I'll be looking at you going, I told you. We know. It's not like judgment day is going to be this big mystery. You know, it's like, you know, it's not like a test in school. when you got And you've got to study the whole thing. And you're thinking if they would just tell me the questions they're going to ask Because then I could just study that right But you don't know what they're going to ask. You got to study the whole thing Well, the good thing about judgment day. This is pretty simple. He tells you the questions you're going to be asked And we go we're not gonna have an answer Somebody's gonna look at some of us and say when I had a poopy diaper, you didn't change it You're gonna say when did you have a poopy diaper? So when you refuse to ever volunteer down there with the little kids. Not one Sunday in 20 years of going to church you volunteer to go down and help watch some of those little kids so somebody else could worship God? Well, this is serious. I'm not trying to freak you. Well, I guess I am trying to freak you. I hope you get freaked out and repent. This is serious stuff. We will give account. We have to... What are you doing? What are you doing? Are you practicing here? He says, don't practice your faith in front of others to be seen. He didn't say, don't practice your faith. And of course, this is all part of the hyper grace thing that we live in today. That's why we're teaching this whole series. Because today, all that matters is you believe in Jesus. Ha, ha, ha. You can live like hell, doesn't really matter. But just as long as you believe, ha, ha, ha. No, it's much more than that. We have to do what he said. That's why we're teaching this. Of course, everybody's a Christian, you know. I pray that it all matters. They're deceiving themselves. By the way, you know, I was talking to someone the other day, because I talk on marriage all the time. You always hear the statistic that the divorce rate in the church among Christians is as high as non-Christians. You ever heard that? It's not really true. It's just that everybody thinks they're a Christian. That's what it is. It's really not true. Our church is pushing 4,000 people. We've been here for years and years and years and years. And on one hand, I can count the number of divorces we've had in this organization. doesn't happen very often. We don't have half of the people ending up in divorce. People who actually live out their faith tend to not get divorced. Okay? It's just to everybody. It's a Christian, so it doesn't... You know, that's why it skews these results. But it takes more than just saying you're Christian. We have to actually live it. We have to do it. When you give, when you have a chance to give to the needy... You know, and every month we have the first Sunday of every month where we we remind you today is mission Sunday. What does that mean? We're asking you to give something extra to help people in need. Either overseas missions, local missions we also have our little, what is that category? Compassion You know that little category that you see on the envelope? Compassion. Maybe you want to put five bucks, two bucks, one buck, whatever it is. That's for whenever one of you are in big financial trouble and you you need money for rent or something like that, you call the church. Now, we only do this for people who belong to the church. We're not the federal government. If you're watching a TV, don't call us, man. We ain't giving you jack. All right? But you belong to the church. You're a church member. You get in trouble, you call us, we will help you out as long as there's money in that account. It's called helping the needy. Sometimes people are in need. You ever been in need in your life? I have. You know, this is a good thing. This is why we're here for each other. We give. But when we ask for these offerings once a month, this is extra giving. Don't just divert what you normally give. We've had this problem in the past. You know, it was a year ago when they had that big tornado down in, in Joplin. And we said, you know, we want to raise some, give some money for those people hurting. And we took the offering and we raised like $30,000 for these people in Joplin. It was great. But then we checked the offering and we were $30,000 short. That didn't help. If you take your 50 bucks and go, Oh, I'll give it to them instead. That doesn't help anything. If anything, the church was sucking air for a month and a half so we could recover from that. You know, when we ask for a special offering, it means a special offering. This is what you normally give and then we're going to do something special for someone. This is what it talks about, alms. You have to remember, these guys, these were Jews. These guys were taught from the day they were born that they were to give God 10% of everything they ever took in. We talk about it as well, but we'll hammer it like they do. But they did, big time. It was part of the law. It was very strict to them. You bring home a buck, they gave a dime to God. And then, on top of it, they were giving alms, they called it. Giving to the needy. They went beyond, above and beyond. So when we ask for special offerings, that's what we're asking for. Do you have to do it? No. You don't have to do anything. You can can come to church twice a year, on Christmas or Easter, whether you need it or not. You know Nobody forces anybody to do anything. But just remember, there is a day coming. We will all give account. And Jesus warns us, you need to pay attention to these things. We need to practice our faith. Are you practicing your faith? That's the question this morning. When you leave here, you need to ask, yourself: am I practicing my faith? Am I doing anything? Or do I just show up for an hour? Alright, so, having said all that, then in verse 7, Jesus was just talking about praying. And he says, And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans. For they think they will be heard because of their many words. There's many religions that believe this that you should pray the same prayers over and over again. Hello. hello, hello. There's even religions that have they create like prayer wheels and stuff like that. So when the wind blows, it spins those kind of cool little wheels and stuff. But it's, those noises are supposed to be prayers that goes to their gods. And they think if they just load tens of thousands of prayers to the gods, the gods will finally hear them. That's not the way we're supposed to pray. There's Christians, quite frankly, some denominations who kind of do that. They encourage people to pray the same prayers over and over again Our Father, our Father, our Father, our Father, our Father, our Father, our you know, as if, you know, God is deaf or something. You know, You, don't, you know, God isn't like some mom, you are know, pulling on, a, on your mom's shirt. Mom, 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 what? Okay? You don't have to do that. Now, there's a persistence in prayer. Jesus will t- tell us about that as we get into this. But you don't have to keep just over and over saying the same prayers over again. Little, 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 thinking that this is how God will hear me. If I just keep saying the Lord's prayer over again, little, 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 some other prayer. Little, 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 Jesus said, don't do that. He specifically says, don't do that. He says in verse 8, do not be like them. Your father knows what you need before you ask him. And then he juxtaposes, there's a big fancy word for you. Sets against something. He just said, when you pray, you don't have to go over and over again. He says, when you pray, this is how you should pray. And then he gives us the Lord's Prayer. We just prayed it. Our Father, who art in heaven, we do this all the time. Now, if you time yourself out saying this, it's about a 20-second prayer. Isn't it interesting? When Jesus came to prayer, he says, when you pray, you don't have to be going over over and over and over and over again. Pray like this and gives you a 20-second prayer. Even if you really slow it down, it'll take you a minute. Our Father. <laughs> Does that mean you're only supposed to pray for 20 seconds? No, you can pray for more than 20 seconds. My point is, is that God isn't expecting you. you don't have to pray over and over and over and over and over and over, over again. When you come, what's important is that you pray. You don't have to time yourself out. A lot of people think, well, I don't pray because I, you know, I don't, you know, I don't know what to say. Well, you don't have to say much. Pray like Jesus. said. When you pray, pray like this. Pray the Lord's Prayer. Think about somebody who has needs around you. Some of you know the needs in your own life. You tell God about it. He says God knows what you need. This is how you pray. You come to Him very honestly, openly. You tell Him what's on your heart, what you're asking Him to do. Amen. You move on. Now some people are great prayers. They pray for an hour at a time, two, three hours. Some people have special anointings on their lives. They are amazing people who get down and they pray and pray and pray. God uses people like that in an amazing way. That's really their gifting. And that's their ministry. They have a strong ministry of prayer. But you have a hard time reading the teachings of Jesus and come away with the idea that we need to be praying for long periods of time. So don't let that hold you back from prayer. You need to pray. Everybody, all of us need to pray every day. Okay? Either start your day with prayer, end your day with prayer, or do both. Whatever. But don't let it hold you back that you don't have these really long things. We used to do that when we were growing up. I always felt guilty because we, when we grew up, we had the King James Bible, you know, thou shalt, the wouldest, shouldest, couldest, wouldest, you know, and all this other kind of stuff. And whenever the King James Bible would say the time of prayer, they used the phrase the hour of prayer. There's even an old hymn, <clears throat> Sweet Hour of Prayer, you know, that hymn. It's a nice song. Uh, <clears throat> and then we were actually taught everybody should pray for an hour every day. Because the Bible says hour of prayer. Well, it didn't mean 60 minutes. It just meant time of prayer. You need to have a time of prayer. But don't get freaked out and bummed or feel inadequate if you don't go on and on and on and on. God doesn't need you to keep saying the same things over and over and over and over and over and over over again. And certainly don't take some memorized prayers and keep track of them if you're saying them over over and over and over again. That's not the way a Christian should pray. We just talk to God. Now next week, when we come back, we're going to pick it up here. And I'm going to elaborate on the Lord's Prayer itself. And we're going to take a look at some of the things that Jesus said. They were pretty amazing. Uh, some of you, it'll encourage you. Some of you are going to get ticked off by the time I'm done with you. But that's what I do. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word and for your truth. Help us, Lord, to obey your word. You taught us to love people that don't love us. To be kind to those that are very un. Kind to us. Help us to be those kinds of people. Lord, help us to be people who don't practice our faith to get attention, but we do practice our faith. Help us to do what you tell us to do. Help us to take this seriously. Help us to examine our lives. What are we doing? How do we practice? Who do we visit? Who do we help? How do we contribute? Where do we volunteer? Because this is important. We're not saved by what we do, but we have to do if we're going to practice our faith. And Lord, help us to be the kind of people that are very comfortable with prayer. Help us, Lord, not to be afraid that, gee, unless we can talk for 20, 30 minutes at a time, we shouldn't be praying. Lord, even if they're simple prayers like you taught us, help us to be consistent in our lives to pray, to come to you, to cast our cares upon you because you care for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.